If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome in to Beers and Buckets. This is a little bit different. This is a new type of episode that we're launching. It's bonus content and we're calling it Midweek Flight. This is the opportunity that we have. Everything that pretty much doesn't make the main episodes, it's all on the cutting floor, the stuff that we have to get rid of. Or if we have an awesome guest like we do today, if we want to just do an interview or if there's a pressing question, this is we normally record on Sunday nights, but it is Tuesday night. We just couldn't leave today without talking a little bit about the situation, the news that dropped this morning. So my name is Connor Caldwell. You could find me at Twitter at Connor J. Caldwell, with it's Connor with an E. And then we are also joined by Kyle. Hey, uh, my name is Kyle Whitaker. Uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at UKFanKyle. And we are also joined by the genius that is Duke Update. He did not want to remain anonymous this week. So we finally get to learn the genius who is Duke Update on Twitter, the best Twitter uh, Duke Twitter account that there is. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. I don't know if I go that far, but uh, my name's Grant. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Duke Update, at Update Duke. It's just in reverse because Duke Update was taken, obviously. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, I've been I've been dying to actually get to know you beyond just the Duke logo that is your uh, profile picture. Uh, but so before we move on any further, we're going to do the quick beer review here. Um, this is the Certified Logger of the Week. Um, this is the opportunity that we have to tell you about a beer that we know is good, that we aren't, you know, we're not, you know, we review beers on here and sometimes you're going to get a bad one. This is one that we know is good. We know is tasty. So this week I chose a beta brewings purple haze because it is lager week. And uh, fun fact, our, our man Grant here is also drinking a purple haze as well. So Grant, go ahead and tell me, what does it taste like? What do you think it tastes like? How would you describe it? So which one? I have the purple haze raspberry one. I'm not yeah, sure. that's that's what I got. That's the exact one I have. I I think I like it. I'm not I'm not sold yet, <laughs> but I think I like it. I'd had it before. I hadn't. I couldn't find a way to describe it. But my friend Albert came over and he's like, "Can I try one of those?" I'm like, "Of course." And he's like, "Hmm, it tastes like um, a Bud Light went to college and joined a frat." <laughs> and it's like that's a that's a pretty accurate description. The details of it. So Abita Brewing, it's um just it's in Covington, right outside of New Orleans. I went there back in August of 2020, went to the restaurant, it was delicious. They have their own beer that's like exclusive to Louisiana that's really good too. It's called the Boot. Um and I will be in New Orleans for Final Four. So I'll definitely be making a trip up there to Abita Brewing, but it's very good. Um it's a raspberry lager. It's like like I said, it's like a Bud Light if you had a hint of raspberry in it. It's 13 IBU and 4.2% ABV. So it's it's a pretty light beer. It's a pretty easy drinking beer. And uh, to compare it to something with college basketball or basketball in general, I'd say it's kind of like an LSU basketball team, especially under Will Wade, because, you know, they're consistent. They're going to give you problems. They're not going to be a contender for the most part, but they're going to be consistent and they're going to give you problems. Um, except for last year, I think LSU last year was awful. Let's just be honest. They were bad, but... 
Um, Purple Haze is not bad. So we're gonna keep, we're gonna move on to our full court press question. This is the meat and potatoes of our midweek flight. This is the conversations that we base around a hard hitting question or topic in college basketball. And uh, like I said, this is Tuesday night we are recording. So a lot of us who follow college basketball probably already heard the news that Paolo Bancaro was charged with a misdemeanor that is aiding and abetting for a DWI. That is a mouthful. What do you guys think of that? Like, what was your initial thoughts? Give me your initial thoughts on that. Okay, well, my initial thoughts is I had to go Google and see what that actually meant because I had no idea. (laughs) I don't think many people did. It seems like it's a North Carolina-specific thing, as you pointed out. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely had to do my research on that. That was my initial thoughts. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, my initial thoughts were, you know, it's just kind of a – bad situation to put yourself in was kind of my initial thought. You know, it's kind of a needless thing when, you know, when things like Uber and Lyft and all these other, you can just call somebody and get a ride or walk or whatever you need to do. You know, it's just kind of a, kind of a silly situation, but it's, it's nothing that millions of 18 year olds and 17 year olds don't get themselves into every day. So, you know, until you know all the details about it, it's kind of hard to make any kind of any type of judgment about it. Just looking at it from the outside, it's just a one of those silly situations that kids get themselves into. So interesting to see where it goes from here. It is just a, it's all around just a weird situation. First of all, it happened late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and we're just now hearing about it, which that's not too uncommon. You know, stuff like that happens. But as the day has gone on, there's been more and more information that's been, you know, revealed to us. And Sarah Kruger, which is a Durham reporter, she had that interesting thread and the article with it. um, And it's talking about the several shots admitting to having several shots, which was Coach K's grandson, a strong odor of alcohol and red glassy eyes. Now, that was all for Saverino. The weird thing mm-hmm. is the reports in that thread on Twitter, it keeps on going on. It's that there was no other people in the car. I was just assuming there was other people in the car. Besides yeah, it was, it was driving Mr. Banchero, apparently, or something. Yeah, you know, and uh, kind of like the movie Driving Miss Daisy, y'all might not even know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's just an interesting situation that, you know, like, first of all, it's owned the car's owned by Paulo, he's riding in the back seat, you know, Mike is up in the front seat, and he's the one that's had something to drink. Somebody said there's other reports that saying that you know, Paulo was sober. It, there's just a lot that it's hard to take in, you know, it's a lot to take in, it's hard to take in, but the biggest yeah. thing is that you have arguably not even arguably he is the face of college basketball this year him and chet holmgren are the faces of college basketball this year and it's a and, you know it's not a good look for the program it's not a good look for paulo but he's also 19 years old and he actually didn't get charged with a dui or dwi so why is why are we ripping this kid when over the summer mark few actually got charged with the dui it dropped down to a citation had to pay like a thousand dollars which is chump change to him and he got one three games but really he got one game because two of them were exhibition of suspension you know like what are we doing here what are we teaching our you know the kids and you know these 18 19 year olds here do we know if that's that's a school's decision for punishment or is that an ncaa thing the NCAA did not get involved with either, um, and I, I think if they were, I was going to riot if they got involved with Paulo. Didn't get involved with Mark Few's situation. Here's the thing: he was on the biggest stage of college basketball a month prior to his DUI, and he got nothing from the NCAA. That's absolutely yeah, usually ridiculous. it's always it's usually always left up to the institution with their employed or their student at. 
Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but uh, it just – the reporter said the other night in the Texas game, one of the announcers that said that he even – Mark Few built up enough goodwill in yeah. Spokane that he got away with a DUI. Right. Meanwhile, two months later, three months later, Henry Ruggs – like, are we only going to hold people accountable, especially celebrities accountable, if there's manslaughter attached to their DUIs? Connor, I don't know. Let me ask you. You you brought up Henry Ruggs right there. Did you notice that the the motorsports company that Ben Caro's car came from, and for some reason his address is Leesburg Road, Henry Ruggs's car came from there too? Did it really? I didn't know or that. He I has know. a car that was done by that by that uh, company. I they're, see that Zion Williamson also follows DreamWorks. Dream, yeah, DreamWorks I mean, they're, 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 they they produce you know and do custom cars for tons and tons of athletes. But just a weird connection there. Yeah, yeah. The, owner, the owner apparently said that he that they deal with Duke players pretty often. So I'm not right. sure. Right. Is that do you think that's kind of like they've been dealing with Duke players for a while, or is it like I know there's so I mean like we can we can kid ourselves here and say like all programs are clean, but to be honest, you don't get this to this level of success without having some some sort of bribery, something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, even Kentucky and like yeah, North, there's perks involved. Uh, yeah, all over the place, no doubt about. My that. grandfather said that there was a horse farm that all the Kentucky players went to to quote unquote work. And by yeah, work, I mean, they just had a basketball right. goal where they would go put shots up and get paid to put shots up. So yeah, they would they would go to Seth Hancock's farm. I mean, that's common knowledge and work for Seth Hancock, who who I know fairly well. And um, back in the '90s, and you know, all throughout history, um, there's been you know little benefits here and there for everybody. Um, yeah, you know, you can go back to just in the '90s alone. You can go back to the cars that the guys were driving around Lexington you know, back in Patino's era and things like that. So this is, this is, there's nothing unusual about any of that. It's just the one thing that is unusual when you look at uh, Sarah Kruger's uh, thread on this is that Bancaro's address is a, is a Leesburg road address in Roxborough, which is the business, the DreamWorks Motorsports. So I don't know how in the world, it's also also an hour from Durham. So, right. Right. So it's just, a bunch of odd, um, you know, well, I mean, could it there. be that like, I mean, he just, I know he's been at Duke, like he's been on campus since August or, you know, since over the summer probably. Um, but do you think that he could have just purchased that recently? It's been 30 days. He just hasn't updated his title for it yet. I mean, I feel like that's a very real possibility. Yeah. I mean, again, like I said earlier, until we know every single detail and if, and if, and when, or, or if they even do come out publicly, you know, we're just all, we're just kind of, you know, connecting dots that aren't even there you know yeah. right now so oh it did say it was a 2017 jeep suv but it didn't really clarify but i'm sure with the money paolo is bringing in with the nil that he certainly could have bought a car recently oh yeah i don't know if it's but like we we don't know that obviously so yeah no more yeah, facts yeah. out but yeah i mean nil is a glorious era but it is coming with a lot of question marks around it yeah, uh-huh. there's going to be a lot of baggage with it and a lot of questions that you used to ask legitimately, but now they're very easily explained. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like players could actually do the money phone a la Ashton Hagens and not get <laughs> right. questions exactly. about it now. Exactly. Um, the biggest issue I have is, you know, so Kofi Coburn suspended three games for taking NIL money before before he actually declared that he was coming back to the NCAA. And before the NIL ruling was in effect, 
mm-hmm. you know, like stupid, but he donated all of that money to charity. Right. Since that, since that ruling, and we, the NCAA suspended him three games for taking money and then donating it. He didn't see it, a cent of it. And three real games too, right? Yeah. Now, no, yeah. They oh, could have really? used them last night, 100%. Yeah. Definitely. And wasn't it, didn't it take place like three days or something before NIL? It was very close to the deadline. Yeah, to the official. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. Just, And it bothers me that they want to get involved on kids making money. But when a star coach, one of the best coaches in basketball right now, gets a DUI after a month, you know, a month removed from making the national championship, and mm-hmm. they're just going to turn a you know turn a blind eye to it. And then Few has the audacity to um, call out Duke and Kentucky to come out there and play in the middle of nowhere. Well, he can't leave. He's probably under probation, right? <laughs> exactly. He's stuck there, so they got to come to him, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just you said your initial reactions after about I don't know. Let's say around noon. What, what were you feeling? How were you feeling about the situation? Um. Let's see. So the my very first thought is that. Paolo is probably getting suspended for at least two or three games mm-hmm. and Michael Severino is done for, which he's probably still done for. But as the facts came out, it seemed more and more like Paolo was, his situation was less severe than Michael's. But like, it's still, it's still a dumb decision. I wouldn't have played him tonight. I would have gave him a one game just to set a pre- precedent. That way you don't look bad. You look like you're taking care of it. Yeah, I don't think we'll see Michael for a while. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an awkward uh, holiday season at the Shashevsky household, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of want to be there. I kind of don't there. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but Paolo's court case is December eighth, so it seems like he'll probably play up until they hear more about that. And if it's just dismissed, I'm sure nothing will happen. But uh, yeah. yeah, and for those listening, um, we we talked a little bit about it, and we definitely tweeted about it today. initially my first thing was all right what is aiding and abetting on a dwi like i had to look that up like you said and like it didn't even take like three quarters of the way to scroll down on google where law offices in north carolina actually put this out and they said that it's common uh it's not super common but it's really you know it's common that the the cases are dropped or dismissed it's a misdemeanor and it's really just to prove like and to prove a point or to teach a lesson to those like don't just hand your keys off willy nilly because you don't know how much somebody has had to drink that night. The issue here is like if there was yeah. somebody else in the car and it just happened to be that it was Paolo's car that he owned it and he had he been drinking and he's just like, all right, Mike, you're driving. You know, like you're not like going to look somebody in the eye and do a sobriety test. Like you just, you just kind of trust that. If it had been a situation like that and that was the aiding and the betting, I definitely wouldn't suspend him at all. And I'm still like, I don't know. Until we get more information, I'm not going to say he deserves one. I mean, game, but yeah, Connor, the, I mean, the elephant in the room is why is Paulo giving his keys to somebody who's had several shots? Yeah. And he's sitting in the back seat, apparently sober. Yeah, that that's where I am. I'm struggling with it because that's the hey, entire question, two people in the car, why are you sitting in the back seat? This is like some weird Dwight Schrute in the office vibes going on. <laughs> and then like, if, if that's the case, if you're sober, like you said, why, why are you not the one driving? Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of questions, like we said earlier, like Uber and Lyft exist. Okay, but you're Paulo Bencaro, you're drunk out of your mind. Like, let's just assume he is. He's drunk out of his mind. He orders an Uber or Lyft. That driver is 100% just going to record that. You know, like you get Paulo Bencaro in your car when you're near campus and you're, you know, like 
you take that loss of a job of Uber or Lyft and you're like, yeah, I got drunk Paulo Becerra in my car. And then it's even, you know, just as bad PR. So I feel like it's a lose-lose situation for him if he was drinking. The question is, was he yeah, drinking? Yeah, I mean, to, to act like that this officer or who, however many troopers there were there and Paolo and Michael Saverino are the only people that know what the deal was is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of short-sighted. So, I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of investigation and stories that are going to be told. And, um, you know, so we'll, if or if and when it comes out, like I said, we'll we'll be able to connect the dots a little bit more clearly. Well, and Grant, didn't you say something about the, that he was let go that night? Yeah, so what I read yeah. today, so here's the timeline that I've put together through all the articles. It's that they went to a party about 30 minutes away, late Saturday, Saturday night, left at like one o'clock in the morning. Michael was driving, Paolo was in the back seat. Don't know if there's passengers. I really hope there was. If not, that is very weird, like you said. But uh, he ran a stop sign, got stopped. The cop smelled a heavy odor of alcohol and uh, did, a, did a sobriety test on him. He's underage anyway, so if he blew anything, it's it's legal yeah. trouble. So, yeah. um, but we're, I really don't understand why Michael was tested, but Paolo, it seemed like they didn't run anything on him. They just assumed he was fine and let him yeah. go from the site. Like, right. I'm hoping that they did something for him because he's under, he's younger than my, my, Michael is. Yeah. So, mm. It doesn't make any. There's the two questions I have. It makes no sense at all why they didn't test him, and if they let him go, like without testing him, that makes no. That does, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. So there's a lot of stories that need. There's a lot of parts of the stories that need to be cleared up with facts, and I'm sure that'll come in the coming days and weeks. But it's a it's a missing piece in a big story. So well, and I, and I'm kind of like. Okay, I'm sure Kentucky basketball players have ran into their fair share of legal trouble, and around Lexington, the cops kind of give a bit longer leash. And I feel like that was probably the case for Paolo, where I mean, he's literally the face of college basketball. He probably got a little bit longer leash. Um, yeah, without having any information released from what the trooper did or didn't do with Paolo, that's a pretty safe assumption. Yeah, the only thing is, it's like, okay, if I'm Mike uh, Savarino, I'm like, yo, I'm Coach K's grandson. Like, what are you doing here? Um, he could, we could write you a check yeah, I mean, and he, like this disappear. Um, he took one for the team. Yeah, I, literally, I, literally. I, I'd <laughs> bet my life that any of the cops that they pulled that that pulled them over were UNC fans. <laughs> right. Oh, most yeah. of them are UNC fans around here. There's not many Duke fans here actually in North Carolina. Really? It's mainly yeah, they're all mostly northeast and yeah. east coasters and things. Yeah. So if that's the case and like I mean shout out to those cops like for not just totally tanking Duke season and taking the number one player in college basketball away, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um man, really, that's just tough. Yeah. I, I mean over, overall one thing you have to look at is you know, good thing that good thing neither of them hurt anybody and nobody got hurt and you know, they're, they're overall they're safe and that's the most important situation because I I myself I'm an older I'm an older dude and uh, I've been in those situations several times and I'm I'm always I always look back at back at it and thank the Lord that nothing happened to me or somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that's important too to remember here. That's that's the main takeaway. Yeah, <laughs> nobody got hurt. I think it's ridiculous and you know, a lot of my mutual followers are like, I can't believe Paulo's playing tonight. It's like he didn't do anything, guys. Yeah, I mean, like Grant said, more more would, will and should come out uh, publicly. If it doesn't, that's a little suspicious as far as getting the whole story of connecting all these dots that Grant 
uh, you know, laid out. So when December 8th comes around, there may be a different story and Paolo may be sitting on a game or two or three or something like that. But um, like Grant, like Grant said, I was kind of expecting him to go ahead and sit yeah. out tonight just to get that over with and put out a good perception publicly across the country in college basketball that even a minor situation, even if it is a very, very minor situation, it's still taken seriously no matter what. And one, you know, sitting out against Gardner Webb isn't going to, you yeah, know, damage Paolo's season or Duke's, you know, Coach K's uh, season. And it, 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 it enhances you know, Duke's reputation, if anything, just to go ahead and get in front of it and then mm-hmm. make an example out of Paolo immediately. Well, and the thing is, it's like these early buy games that you have, these basically are pretty much exhibition games. You know, like you want to see what you could get out of some of your other players. Like, you know what you're getting out of Paolo three games in already. Or, yeah, you guys already played yeah, three I mean, games. Yeah, he's a known commodity. So you, you can get you can get more run for Griffin and, and uh, you can, you know, see what, you know, just get some other players some run and it's not going to hurt anybody. And I, I don't have the quote pulled up, but I know coach K had kind of like an extended kind of rebuttal on why um, Paolo played, but I don't have it pulled up right now. I'll see if I can get it pulled up unless somebody else does. The only quote I heard tonight was uh, the direct quote was uh, Paolo and Michael have two different situations. Right. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. The headlines will make it seem like it's, it's, it's not, will make it seem like it's the same but it's not and i didn't listen past that so i'm not sure what else he said yeah that's what i saw on twitter well and shout out to bleacher report i know they like they put paulo first and then they say mike krzyzewski's grandson but they did made a difference make a difference between what paulo was being charged with and what Savarino is being charged with and that's a huge deal because there was a lot of other articles that were just saying two duke players were charged with the dui or dwi and just put their two pictures in there you know, like that's ridiculous. So I usually don't want to give Bleacher Report the props, but they yeah. actually were spot on this time, and that was good. Yeah, reporting. there was some pretty shoddy reporting going on early on. On oh, I mean, 100%. even now, like even local, um, even local news stations here in Kentucky, or a couple in Louisville, I've seen basically include Paolo in the DWI um, allegations and charges and everything. I'm like, man, you can never trust uh, some of these reporters and news stations, you know. Yeah. All right, Grant, we don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do want to ask you, give me your prediction on Duke this season. Like, God honest prediction, where do you think they'll end up? And uh, give me your final four prediction. Um, let's see. So for Duke, first off, their defense looks amazing. The all, all offense offensive has not catch has not caught up yet um mark and pa- pa- paolo have not figured out how to play together mark and theo can't coexist at all so paolo will probably be stretch five at, for the majority of the tournament maybe mark will get spot minutes to get against bigs but mark can't play against small centers he just can't mm-hmm. and even against oscar who's not small but he's shorter he still ate Mark up like it was like it was nothing. So um, let's see. I Duke will probably lose between six and eight games. I'd say a lot depends on how healthy they stay. If Griffin can come, can come back to a hundred percent, ninety percent, right now I'd say he's about seventy percent. He doesn't look the same as he did in high school, but he also has he hasn't played competitive games in probably two and a half years. So he's got a lot of room to make up. And then, but I can see them making a run. It's Coach K's last year. The refs are going to give him a lot of favors. We all know that. Um, <laughs> nah. Okay, so <laughs> I I was talking about this with my dad, and he is very much like he's not a conspiracy theorist, 
but he definitely thinks that, you know, there's things that are rigged and whatever and in certain arenas. And I think, and I, I have to agree with him here and not because I'm a, I'm a Kentucky fan. I'm salty about it. Like I was 100% happy with a loss last week, like not happy, but I was at peace with it. I've never been at peace with a, a loss to Duke before, but I will say like I was at peace with it because we saw Oscar go for 20 rebounds. We, you know, the, the foul, the free throw shooting difference, the attempts were, were huge. So we knew that Duke was getting a little bit of more of a whistle than we should have. And that was um, because that was mostly because of the way Duke played. Sorry to cut you off, but I mean, yeah, Duke was dropping all game. I mean, they were drawing fouls. Absolutely. I think maybe two or two or three calls were a little bit, you know, where they got free throws and they got extra shots and things like that. Maybe yeah, a couple yeah. calls, but nothing like I've seen before in the history yeah. of myself watching you know, college basketball. 100%. There was a little bit of a favorable whistle, but nothing that will say like, oh, this, that'll give him the definite edge. I really right. think kind of Coach Cal mailed this one in. I think he, um, you know, like like we said on last episode, how many threes did Duke make? One or two? Yeah, one. One. They made one three. And there was a, there was a point where Kentucky cut it to four. And after that, there was like layup, layup, dunk, layup, dunk, layup. Yeah. Like it was nasty work. And it was, you know, it was awesome to watch if you aren't a Kentucky fan. The thing is, it's like, Cal, you got to go to his zone there. I yeah. don't care what your defense looks like. When you got, when they have eight like contested, buck, uncontested buckets um, at yeah, the I mean, rim, you got to go. There was no help, no help on drives at all. No, and that, so, all, that all happened when Paolo was out with cramps too, which means. Yeah, you yeah. have to, you have to attack when the best player for the other team is out. Right. And and really, like you guys had issues all night with cramps among multiple players. I'm starting like, to think. I'm starting to think the cramps came from a night partying the night before. She <laughs> might have been dehydrated. Might have been dehydrated. Yeah. Might have been a little dehydrated. <laughs> so, give me your final four prediction, though. And it's okay if you have Duke in it. We all we all agree well, that they look like a Final Four team to me. If I had to bet money on it, I wouldn't put Duke in it. Um, but I, for the sake of being a Duke fan, I will I will include Duke. I do. I really like Gonzaga. Um, obviously, what's not to like? Um, mm-hmm. So we'll go. We'll say Duke. UCLA's not. Uh, give me Duke Gonzaga. You can't pick the top four teams in the rankings, right? Oh, well, that's the problem. They're all the top. I know, I know, no, I'm just joking. You can pick the top four and then a dark horse. How about is that? Shaden Sharp going to play this year? I think he will. Uh, we talked about it in our yeah. group chat. I'm the only one who thinks he will, and mainly because you have the injury to CJ Frederick, so those minutes open up. But when you add the consensus number one player, you know, like recruit, and he would be right behind like Paulo and Chet. Right. to your team like i don't think you can afford to sit him especially since we know that he is not eligible for the draft this year so any in-game experience yeah. that you could give him you're giving you know like he's getting he's getting minutes and even in that even in when he put out that quote and he said you know pretty much you know what he said uh, what do you say i do i'll do whatever that whatever is needed or something like that you know if i'm needed or something like that but cal comes my number i'll play. be ready Right, right. Yeah. So okay. uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, you know, be surprised. Okay. So give me Gonzaga as a one seed. Duke makes it as a two. Purdue makes it as a three seed. Okay. And four, I will go either Michigan or Kentucky because I really do think Kentucky will be good because Wheeler in March will take them farther than I 
anticipated in the all in the off season. So give me Kentucky making it as a the highest three seed. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Obviously, I dig it because you put Kentucky in there. But I yeah. agree. I think Michigan can be a um, even though they had a close game against Buffalo. I think they can be a Final Four team um, again. Well, not again, but they'll be one very close. Like they almost made it. They were a shot away from falling last year to make it. So. Um, I also agree with Purdue. They just look – they're sneaky good in this league right now. They me. dominate night two against a good team. I can't remember who they played. But I haven't good. watched it yet, but I plan on it. They just – Good mid-major, I think. I'm not sure who it was. But. Well, and, and they, they dominated last week, and Travion Williams, like, came off the bench. You know, like, you get that guy going, right. it's lights out. They're, they're yeah, good. They, they beat Wright State by 44. Yeah. And I think Kansas has a good chance, obviously. I like Abaji. Um I'm not sold on their big men, but no, I'm not either. But uh, yeah, awesome. If, if Osser can stay healthy, I think he. I mean, I I would put Kentucky in the Final Four. I really would. So awesome, awesome. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing. We we talked a lot about it this summer, um, going into the season. If can Oscar Sheway be the guy? 100. He is. You know, raised the ceiling tremendously. I was just looking for give me like. Give me 15 and 10, which is still good, but it's not what he's doing right now. Like he's at, he's almost averaging 20 rebounds a game. So he had 24 um, and 16 tonight, right? Right. Yeah, he had 24 and 16. It's crazy. It is like, and I mean that's against lower level competition. And he was he was he, hitting he hit five or six uh, like 15, 17 foot jumpers tonight too. So that's that was nice to see. Yeah, I mean. I just didn't expect him to put on the performance he did against Duke's front court, and he absolutely showed out. So, I mean, without him, we get blown out, obviously, because of all the second-chance points he gave us. But, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing to watch. So, um, let's – real quick, we'll we'll wrap this up. But recruiting rankings, team rankings for 2022, I have them pulled up. And have you guys checked out these rankings lately? Have you seen anything on Twitter about it? I'm sure you have, but uh, yeah, this is the first time I've checked them out since Sharp is kind of unofficially officially reclassed as 21. So yeah, so that's such a weird thing because, like, I mean, if he doesn't play, then he should count in 2022. But he yeah, technically it's... is on the recruiting for 2021. Now it's weird, but right, you know, with all that said, Duke has the number one player in college basketball for 2022, and they have three five stars for one star or one four star excuse me and they're mm-hmm. still closing in on mark mitchell there so they definitely will lock that up if i'm not mistaken like i haven't heard anything yeah. more about oh, yeah. that but yeah. uh, they're they it's already a lock in my opinion i don't think anybody could catch them um so they are number mm-hmm. one arkansas is number two alabama is number three kansas four south uh southern california is number five michigan six ohio state seven kentucky eight North Carolina, 9, UCLA, 10, Virginia, 11, Houston, 12, Villanova, 13, Syracuse, 14, Oregon, 15, Notre Dame, 16, Indiana at 17, which is actually, I think they they probably will move up a little bit if they can land another recruit. I think they, you know, I like I like what they're doing out there. Woodson's Connor, I'm there. pretty sure they got another one tonight. I can't remember his name. Was it Cup? Gabe Cup. Cup. Yeah. Is it just 247 hasn't updated? I'm looking live right now. Is he up on there? I think he might be 2023. Oh, is he? Oh, is he? I'm sorry. I think. I'm not sure. Uh, Miami's at 18. Florida's at 19. Florida State's at 20. Baylor's at 21. Vanderbilt, 22. Penn State, 23. Texas, 24. And Purdue, 25. It's surprising to see Vanderbilt in there. I know they'd like always recruit well. It just seems like they just can never do 
with you know with the talent that they have. Um, but yeah. I'd like to see them make a resurgence in the SEC a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, like, and Stackhouse draws some draws some talent definitely. And then Dort was the one guy we were talking about how he was kind of hovering around a hundred or so and then yeah. in the two hundred category and then but then he was way up and then he went down. Now he's back at ninety three. So and Dort is is a guy that has a lot of potential and a lot of size, a lot of great size. So Yeah, I'm, he is. Yeah. I remember Duke reached out to Dort uh last summer. Yeah, Kentucky I'm pretty sure did also. Yeah. Uh, you know, just kind of like preliminary prelim, preliminarily uh, reached out and he was something, he was one of the guys I was looking at because all that Texas talent, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was one of the guys I was looking at. Maybe Kentucky would be, you know, a little more highly interested in, but yeah. Anyways, he'll be in the sec, uh, regardless. Yeah. So it's funny though, like recruiting team rankings, like I really don't care. I feel like I'm one of the only people that does not care about them, but I've been, I've just been burnt too many times as Kentucky having the number one recruiting class and then losing. Yeah. And now it's such a fluid situation with transfers and reclasses. You know, I mean, that's yeah. just so much more prominent than it used to be. Well, and I think I think last year was probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me. But it's all about recruiting fit. I think fit is the yeah, biggest thing. Right. So, right. Grant, tell me, how do you think Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski are going to play together? Because I feel like that's an awkward fit for them. Uh, I think it certainly is. Because uh, Filipowski is almost 6'11". I know mm-hmm. Lively is like seven one. Maybe seven foot, seven, seven foot two, something like he's in the he's yeah. in the Mark, Mark Williams height range, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be a seemingly perfect fit from day one. But Filipowski can kind of stretch the floor. He's got a little bit of mm-hmm. more playmaking game to him. Lively was, is a great floor runner. I think he'll come in and do what Mark Williams did, even to a higher level probably, because Lively seems to have somewhat of a jump shot he's got more fluidness he's more capable he's more uh coordinated but um i think they'll work fine it's kind of like what hurt and williams were at the end of last year yeah but even though hurt was like six eight six nine but yeah it, it's similar it's it probably won't be a perfect fit but i think it'll over time it'll get better but yeah i agree i think i think it could be i mean like we're seeing this so common and just basketball in general that like that four spot is no longer like just a certified big that's going to get you just points in the paint anymore like you almost have to stretch the floor now as at the four spot that's why it would have been awesome even though i would have hated as a fan i would have loved as a college basketball fan for patrick baldwin to be on this year's duke team because he just he could stretch the floor and he could play like a big if he needs to. Um, but all the, all things considered, I think I think Filipowski and, and Lively played together fine by the end of the season. I think it's going to, like you said, it's going to take a little bit of time to gel and get that chemistry going. Uh, to kind of uh, relate those two to uh, a Kentucky duo, I don't know, you know, Filipowski doesn't have the inside game and the back-to-the-basket footwork and everything that – that uh towns had but it could be like a willie collie stein carl towns kind of combo yeah i almost like wondered like if that was the the blueprint for this team for shire to put together i kind of see that a little bit it's like they're going to kill you with length and it's certainly looking like that so far so you are on the you are under the assumption that mark williams is leaving this year are you he won't be at duke he won't be at duke (laughs) no no you think he'll he'll transfer or, or draft He'd get drafted based off just his uh, wingspan. So yeah, he, I mean, I'm sure he'll play better throughout the year, but it doesn't look great right now. But he's 
Lively is not going to come in to sit behind Mark Williams. That's true. Yeah. I feel like Mark Williams, if he doesn't have the year he's projected, I think he could go to a, uh, a school like Florida or um, even Florida state, honestly. And um, he won't be, he won't be Apollo Bancaro by any means. Obviously he won't be um, an Oscar Sheeway, but he can get you maybe like 12 and 10 on any given night. I feel like I, I personally predicted that he was going to look like an all American against Kentucky because I think the focus was so much on hollow, but as we can see, it did not. However, Trevor Keels looked like an all American against Kentucky. So um, I too. Yeah. Did he, I didn't watch tonight's game, but I was wondering like, so I know he had like, not like, I wouldn't say struggle, but he didn't play to the caliber he played against Kentucky. What are you, what is your projection for Trevor Keels this season? And, you know, maybe is he a one and done? Do you think he's going to stay for next year? Cause they have a lot of good recruits coming in. I don't think he'll stay. I also think he's a guy that plays better under the bright lights, like big stage. Cause uh, you can see like, like a the Tyrese Maxey almost. Yeah. That attitude, like the the mentality he had against Kentucky, that wasn't there the next two games. It was there tonight, but it seems like he's just a guy who elevates the game the bigger the stage. Um, that Kentucky name across the chest brings it out, man. Yeah. Sweet. yeah. For years. Yeah, I do think he's one and done. I'm on board that he's one and done too, but Dal, one of our co-hosts, uh, does not think he will be. So and you could take I that think, up with him. <laughs> he might be based off the recruiting class. So. Yeah, I think so, I think so too. I just think that there's um, there's always a spot for a guy like him. Like he's built like a like an SEC running back. Like he is huge. And um, if he he can play point guard, shooting guard, or small forward. Like he doesn't have to be just. A- he had no problems getting to the basket. I mean, Kentucky's guards aren't the biggest, and they aren't the most like toughest yet, um, but. He had no problems getting to the basket, and he had um, really like he showed some range with his shot. Not maybe not from three, obviously we saw that, but his mid range was there. Um, even contested mid mid range shots were falling. So I think I think he could definitely take a step up to the next level. He might not be a lottery pick. I don't think he'll be a lottery pick. I think it will go around like twenty, maybe twenty one, um, just because the league values values shooting. So if he can't prove that he can shoot at a high caliber, then it's going to be tough for him. Um, but I think he would be more of a like small forward in the league, to be honest with you, just because he's not going to be a shooter at the one or two. Yeah, I, I, I think he'll go in the Grayson range. I think Grace went like 24. Mm-hmm. He'll go like that, the Gary Trent. But uh, I definitely don't think he's coming back unless bar injury or some, something bad happens. I don't think well that's the thing about we're living in a new era with the nil stuff like the opportunities there because i mean we talked about it in our group chat bj boston if you know he probably could make more at kentucky this year than he is making the g league but fans kind of ran him off so that that, that's a whole nother situation i want to get into but um nil is proving to be a a solid thing for all around for players for schools like I, i don't think there's the only person that hurts is the ncaa and good because they profited off of these kids for way too long you know like they these kids need to be making money off of you know off their name image and likeness so all right i don't don't want to keep you any longer is there anything closing thoughts that you guys have is reed shepherd committing to kentucky yes yes Yes. streets in london apparently said we're talking about nil when you talk about nil that kid is he's already cashing in yeah i mean he's hit the jackpot so I know it's just, it's as a priority, as top as a priority as he's making it seem, that Kentucky's got to be the move. Like, I mean, he's already oh, yeah. doing like he's NIL stuff doing commercials with, and uh, with his parents. Maggard. 
Yeah, yeah. An, an orthodontist office. He's already got this thing, this called thing called Read Between the Lines. Um, little uh, promos and clips and videos he's done for at least one uh, company. So, yeah. yeah, he's jumping in. You know, feet first. Yeah, I'm really excited about that 2023 class. I think I think they're getting in early yeah, on that. If they get gonna be a DJ a Wagner, oof, I, I can't wait. The legacy class is what I think it'll be called because yeah, Dewan Wagner and you know you got Shepard in there. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun class. Um, I think just all around NIL, like I said, is good for college basketball and it's making the game a little bit more fun. Um, Grant, how's Duke? I mean, how what's Duke's situation with NIL? Are they you know, raking in the dough there, or how are they doing? I don't know specifically, but I know for Paolo, he is he signed with CAA for NIL representation. He's signed mm-hmm. with NBA 2K, Tops Trading Cards, mm-hmm. um, some more stuff. AJ Griffin has some stuff. I think Keels, Window Moore, and Jeremy Roach have been doing basketball camps. I don't know how successful mm-hmm. they are, but then, um, I'm sure there's something behind the scenes because on the recruiting pitches, every recruits talk about how they've laid out their plan for how they'll they'll make money throughout college. Now that's a big selling point. So mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure it's been discussed and laid out. And they're probably mm-hmm. they, over the summer they said they take a slow approach and make sure they get the right deals. They don't put kids in bad situations and stuff. So yeah, that's kind of similar. I think Calipari has the exact same talking points. Yeah. It's and they partnered summer. with um, influencer, like a company yeah. that helps them. So it's like you know when there's an uh, nil deal for like all the players because they all tweet the same stuff, and it's it's a little annoying because like at some point the fans start tweeting it just to mock him. But um, yeah, I think I think it's like I said, nil for just all of college basketball is and college sports in general is great. I love what BYU did with that energy bar thing um, for their football team where they paid you know like they walk-ons they paid for all the walk-on scholarships like that wasn't an opportunity that they had last year now all these walk-ons get a scholarship um just for you know like like i said just because that's good advertising for the energy bar so it is um it's a great thing for us so um with that said we're gonna wrap things up like i said my name is connor you could follow me on twitter at connor j caldwell c-o-n-n-e-r um kyle you could follow kyle at uk fan kyle and Grant, you could follow him at Update Duke, but really he's known as Duke Update, and he is the best Duke follow that you have. I, I guarantee it. I remember following him over the summer because he said that Kofi Coburn might come to Kentucky. Watch out. They're going to look good. And I was just like, finally, a Duke play, a Duke fan that doesn't downplay Kentucky's success. And I, all my interactions with my mutual followers are saying the same thing about Duke Update. So, Grant, it was a pleasure having you on. Kyle, like always, it's a pleasure having you on. Do you guys have any parting thoughts? Uh, me and BBN seem to have a great relationship. I'm not sure what how it happened, but uh, <laughs> I want to shout out. You guys are amazing. The, this side of BBN I really like. There's yeah. a side that I don't like, obviously. Same here. There's the side of Duke you don't like. But uh, yeah. you guys, Matt Sack, Kentucky guy, Pelzier, BBN, Danny Davis, all of them guys. They're, yeah. they're Shout they're, out. Yeah, I'm gonna tag them in this tweet when we when we post this, just because they those guys are awesome. I try and, and say like my Kentucky fan came out on this episode. If you've listened previously, I try to keep it non-biased, and uh, some of the people don't like that. But you know, like I want to I want to be college basketball fans together. Like there's a time and a place for rivalry, but podcasts and Twitter 
aren't always the place. So, um, like I said, I look forward to the season. I think Duke is going to be great this year. I think they already are. They, once they figure out things offensively, like watch out. So with that said, you guys have a great week and we'll catch you on Monday morning. But for now, this is the midweek flight from Beers and Buckets. And thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me.